Hello and welcome to GTFO, Grow Traffic Figures It Out. This is your digital marketing podcast where we are going to explore one particular aspect of SEO and marketing in some greater detail today. So this is the companion piece to our five top tips for making Google My Business and Bing Places for Business work for you. I am Hannah Weinhold. I'm a director of Grow Traffic and I am joined by... Rachel Weinhold, also a director of Grow Traffic. And I'm not, I'm not playing with the rabbit today, which I was during our last recording. So you might get a bit more attention from me. Although probably not much probably more Probably not. Sense. No, no. I've got a cat though, so yeah, <laughs> I can Have play you, with that. What's the funniest thing that's happened to you this week, Rachel? Oh, God. Um, well, we were uh, Grow Traffic sponsored an event on Wednesday, which was called the Invest in Rossendale event. In, it was in conjunction with Rossendale Borough Council and the East Lancashire Chamber of Commerce. And uh, I am well known for swearing. And before I got on the stage, Alison uh, Barnes, who's the leader of the um, Rossendale Council, she said to me, remember not to swear. Um, oh, really? Yeah. And so I, I got all the way through my introduction and then I said, we'll give it a bloody good go. Uh, oh, bloody hell one and she said oh you nearly got there um and then when we were doing the q a she said bollocks and i think yeah, bollocks, she did. yeah i think bollocks trumps bloody in swear terms so uh actually <laughs> I so she's a that. hypocrite yes. it made me laugh when you were on the panel and you were talking about like how easy it is to go online shopping and you went you know if for example you want to buy a bag of soil you go online and we like, looked at each other like a bag of soil <laughs> Buys a bag of like, um, like a bag of compost, like a or a bag of topsoil. But I just had visions of like a Ziploc bag, like a sandwich bag, just with some dirt in it, like, <laughs> waiting for your Amazon delivery of a bag of soil. Bag of soil, a wee baggie of soil. Yeah, <laughs> it made us laugh. What was but your funniest thing, Hannah? Probably bag of soil. All right. Yeah. No, nothing really funny happened, although at the same event I was talking to someone and Chloe, uh, our colleague, was standing next to us and and as the guy moved away, Chloe just said, that's verbal diarrhea, mate. I'd just been like spewing verbal shite all over this poor bloke about like, I don't know what I was talking about, but I just, I don't know. I do want to get nervous. It's what happens at these events because you have to go and pretend to be, you know, proper business woman, don't you? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and what you end up doing is just waffling. And I couldn't hear people either very well. Um, and the guy I was talking to was quite attractive. So that didn't help. <laughs> I was talking to a, a boxer. He runs the boxing gym in Bakeup. Um, and I'd never met him in person before. So I, I kind of knew of him. And I was introduced to him. And I said, oh, I said, yeah, you run the boxing gym, don't you? He said, yeah, that's me. And I said, I can tell by your nose. <laughs> oh! He had a mat. He went, it, to be fair, he laughed at it. He went, yeah, no, this is a nose that's been broken a few times. Probably <laughs> to say muscles no and then Leon was like did you just tell that man he had an ugly nose <laughs> I can tell by your nose oh my god <laughs> Rachel that's too uh, funny yeah so yeah so that was our week well it yes. was about three hours of our week but the rest of our life is just intensely dull very um, very because our jobs are very boring no they're not they're extremely interesting and today we're going to impart some amazing knowledge on you so In our Facebook Live last week, we talked about top five ways you can make Google My Business really work for you. And we wanted to bring bring that to real life and give you a case study of a time when uh, Google My Business has really worked to improve a business's local, uh, national and regional uh, positioning on the web. 
So if you don't know what Google My Business is or what the fuck we're talking about, go back and listen to that. Um, we, is it worth just running through the top five tips that we went through from that session? If you want, yeah, go for it. Yeah, so we were talking, as Hannah's just said, about Google My Business and, and Bing Places for Business. And our top five tips were, uh, number one, if local SEO is your priority, then these are two tools that you absolutely must not neglect. Um, number two, don't neglect Bing at the expense of Google My Business. Whilst it didn't used to be as important uh, with the rise of voice search, Bing is a default search engine now for more and more devices. Um, and so it really, really matters. So go and find your listing because you probably have got one uh, and update mm -hmm. it number three fill in all the information that is asked for if they are asking you for information it is for a reason so fill it in um, and remember to use things like uh, you know make sure your your name and your address of your business is is listed exactly make sure you've got your keywords and your hashtags in there make sure you link to your website all of the basic things um, number four utilize posts this is a google my business as opposed to a bing thing but it's a way of updating that profile and making sure um, you are regularly just indicating that your business is still open and that you're doing things. If you can't use posts or if your business information hasn't changed, uh, make sure you're going in and updating the images or just putting a bit more description on there or something. Um, and number five, review it regularly. So this, you, you should never go longer than kind of three months as a rough rule of thumb with these profiles without updating them. Because again, you know, Google or, or Bing, they don't know that your business hasn't folded in the last three months if you're not updating it so just go in every now and again review it see if you can add some more testimonials or reviews on there see if you can um, update your opening hours your service location anything like that but just keep keep reviewing it and keep updating it basically and those were our top five tips on google top my business tips. there you go um yeah and i think I think like, especially now because of the pandemic, a lot of opening times have changed and people aren't sure if that content is up to date when you go onto Google and you search for a place. So make sure that you are, you know, just just nip in and just check it. Mm. Um, and it's really important as well. I mean, I, I use Google Maps a lot. So even when I am driving somewhere that I know, I will put Google Maps on because Google Maps will tell me if there's a massive traffic jam on the motorway or whatever. So I have it on all the time. And if I put a destination in, if I say like, oh, I'm going to a meeting at this pub or whatever, Google Maps will say the pub will be shut when you get there. Um, mm. Do you want to go somewhere else? So, you know, you could potentially be putting people if your pub actually is going to be open when somebody's going to be arriving but you, your opening hours are wrong on google my business then you know you are putting potential customers off so it matters in more ways than people think about oh massively we went we just went across the road to the shop the other day and they checked they closed early on one day and we didn't know mm. and the, the my mate who i was with was like why don't people just update it it's so easy to do yeah like, yeah it is yeah just update you you know your opening times it's dead simple anyway we're not getting into that go back yes. and listen to the other podcast um but we are going to talk uh to rachel oh, i'm going to talk to rachel you guys are going to listen to rachel um, mm. and rachel's going to talk about how she has used Google, uh, Google My Business and Bing's Places for Business to grow the Seroptimist's uh, online presence. So Rachel, what the fuck is a Seroptimist? 
Okay, so a Seroptimist is a, the Seroptimists are a, a global organization. We are celebrating our centenary this year. Um, so it's, it's an organization of women who come together and do charitable things. Now, the way we are composed is that you have uh, the Seroptimist International, which is the overarching global organization. And that's then broken down into five federations. And each federation essentially covers a continent. There are some exceptions to that. A lot of the British one covers a a lot of the old empire. Um, so we are SIGBI, Seroptimist International, Great Britain and Ireland. But within our federation, we also have the Caribbean, we have India. Up until last year, we had Africa. We have places like Nepal and Sri Lanka. So we actually cover quite a wide um, proportion of the globe. Um, but we also have very local clubs. There's about 260 local Seroptimist International organisations. And so I, for example, am a member of Seroptimist International Rossendale, and we cover, naturally, Rossendale, uh, and we're then part of the, the larger SIGBI organisation. So what was happening was that because SIGBI saw themselves as a single organisation registered in Stockport, they are a registered charity, but but they they were registered everywhere as just being one place, one location, Sigby head office in Stockport, and that was it. So if you went onto Google or Bing and you Googled the Seroptimist or Sigby, you would get the head office in Stockport. Now, the problem with that is, is that if I am uh, a woman from Rossendale and I want to go and find my local Seroptimist club and I, you know, I've heard about the Seroptimists and I want to go and join my local organization and I go and Google them, I am going to see that they are only in Stockport and I'm not going to realize that there are clubs dotted all over the country. Um, and so that was that was the issue that we had. I, I joined the website working party for SIGBI in 2019. And at the point that we were rebuilding the website, we recognized then that this is a this is an issue. This is massively impacting their SEO um, and massively impacting recruitment and membership. Uh, and we need to do something about it. Cool. So you answered about four of my questions there. In one sorry, sorry. So, uh, you're doing a dally. You I'm doing a dally. Yeah, I'm jumping ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So how would you, so, I mean, that would be it just to go back then. So, so uh, the Seroptimist had one Google My Business listing. Yes. In spite of the fact that they had several branches. So if, for example, you are a garage and you've got several branches, even not necessarily across the world, if it's in, in one town or city or, uh, and, and you kind of want to promote that on Google, which you would, then you need several different listings mm -hmm. for each uh, for each one of your locations. Yeah, I mean, petrol stations is a perfect example of that, isn't it? So let's take Texaco, for example. Texaco's head office are, I think, in the Far East, uh, sorry, the Middle East. Um, so if we, um, you know, if I was driving along and I Google, if I was using Google Maps and I said, find me a petrol station near here and Texaco only had one head office listed in the Far East, it's going to tell me that I am 3000 miles away from my nearest Texaco garage, when actually there might be one just up the road and it might be the closest one. But I'm going to go to the BP garage because that's listed on my maps. So that's exactly it. If you are a business with multiple locations, every single one of those localities where your company operates from or your charity or your organization, whatever you might be, you need a, a maps listing for that one to show that you are local. 
So what did you do then, Rachel? So you got onto the you got onto the web committee and you identified that this was the problem. How would people? How would you recommend that businesses check this? Well, I mean, the the easy way to check is to Google. Just Google your business name, do an incognito search so that it doesn't uh, prejudice the results that you're getting. Because if you search for something often or you're associated with uh, an organization, Google will know that that and they will show you the result that they think you want. So go on to an incognito search um, and and search for your your business and see what's what's there. Um, It is so important that you do that incognito just to jump in, because even if uh, you're not uh, like like you are associated with your business, even if you don't Google it that often, Google knows that you're associated with that business because you have a web footprint. Yeah. Uh, so it will show you favorable results. Like people who say, well, I know that we rank really well for these keywords because I Google it. And that's what, you know, that's the website that I see. It will know that that's what you want to see. Yeah. So it, it will return that to you because you might have clicked on it before and so on. So yeah, do it incognito. And then how will you tell? So is it just if very practically speaking, if on the Google on the Google results page, it will say how many locations you've got? How practically speaking would you be able to tell? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it won't. So if you are just doing an incognito search, it will only show you um, the either, if you've only got one listing, it will show you that main listing. If you've got multiple listing, it will show you the one that is closest to you because incognito still knows where you are. So it will show you the, the one that's closest. To find out how many listings you actually have got, you are going to have to log into the master account. So you will have, or your business will have a, um, a Google account, a Gmail email address via which you log into your Google account. That will be the same account by which you access your analytics, your search console, YouTube account, everything to do with Google is on that one login. And so you, you, you will need to log into that, go to the little dots, the nine dots in the top right-hand corner, click on that, go to Google My Business. And there, if, if it's been set up correctly, it will show you all of the listings that are associated with your company, all of the different locations. If you aren't sure what your Google login is, um, usually the people that have, uh, or which web address is associated, you, oh, sorry, which email, usually the people that have set up your website and set up the tracking code and analytics will be able to tell you. Yeah. Uh, it's probable that you've done it yourself uh, that you ha- that you do have a Google account, even if you're not quite sure. So when you log on to Chrome, often your initial is in the top right corner. So that's your account. Just if you don't if you don't yes. know that, um, or you know if you have a YouTube account but you don't have a Google account, you will have a Google account because it's all one. It's all connected. And people, a lot of people don't realise that. I've had so many mm. conversations with people, business owners, where you say, right, send me your your, your Google login or add me, add me on your Google. Oh, I don't know my Google login. It's like, well, mm. are you logged in on Chrome? Yeah. Well, that's it. It's to say it's all the same thing. It's all it's all one thing. Yeah, exactly. And from that, as long as you've got a tracking code uh, in your website, you'll get access to your Google Analytics, to your Search Console, and so on. Yeah. Um. So, so that is practically speaking where you go to manage Google My Business. Um, and it's really easy, that process, it, whether you are setting up your Google My Business or you've it's already been set up and you're logging in and wanting to update it. It is really actually very intuitive. So it's very easy to use. You look along the, the left hand column and it will you've got the tabs that say, do you want to update your personal info? Do you want to write a post? Do you want to add some photos? You know, it's really, really straightforward to update all of this. So absolutely don't be frightened of it. It's easy to use. 
Yeah, and in terms of Bing, uh, you would go to um, your Google, mm. uh, Bing Places for Business, it's bingplaces.com, and then you can log in through your Google account, through your Facebook account, uh, you can log in through Microsoft, uh, or you might even have a Bing account, and then you can just update all your own stuff there as well. Yeah, and um, if they've set an account up for you on your behalf and you've never had an account, when you log in, there will, there will be where your uh, business is listed on the right-hand side, there will be a, a claim this account button, mm. uh, which is why it's really important that you go and do that so that you know nobody else can do it, essentially. Yeah, because it just looks a bit shoddy if you're unclaimed. And I know, like, I would always be thinking, why the feck should I bother with Bing? But like we said, um, Alexa, for example, use Bing as their preferred um, search engine. So if you say, Alexa, where's the nearest petrol station? Um, and and you're not on Bing, it, you're not going to come up. So, uh-huh. uh, so, yeah, it is super important. Don't overlook Bing just because, you know, nobody uses it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the thing there is, you know, when we were just talking before about Google Maps, I have that running on my phone because I have an Android phone. But a lot of people now will have Alexa, their Alexa devices will go with them in the car. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, it, it people are more and more people are using it on the go. So it absolutely, you have to have that one as updated as you as you Google one. So just think of them as, as being joined now. When you update one, you update the other. It's, it's yeah. a two-step process and, and then you, you won't forget one. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so what did you do then when you when you uh, established that there was this problem with the way that the seroptimists were listed online? Okay, so the the thing that we have to bear in mind with with this was that there were a few um, conundrums, if you like, a few a few uh, problems that we encountered along the way. So, whereas, for example, if if we were going to do this for grow traffic, and we had if we wanted a Google My Business listing for where we are now, which is our home address, Google's. Uh, Grow Traffic's registered address, if we wanted one for the office and if we wanted one for our Yorkshire base, um, all of those would be set up under the main account and we would just create multiple listings under the one business. Now, <clears throat> what we were doing, that would then be managed centrally by one person. The problem that we encountered with the Seroptimist was that whilst all of these 260 individual clubs our members of SIGBI as an organization, we didn't want them solely to be registered, controlled, updated, blah, blah, by SIGBI headquarters. If, if Sally, for example, who's in the office, suddenly had to manage 260 Google My Business listings, that's a massive job. So one of the first things that we, we um, encountered was, well, practically speaking, who is going to do this? Um, sorry, spam phone calls coming through. Um, so, you know, who's going to do this? And each club has a communications officer who runs the, the website, the social media, deals with inquiries, all of that. So we thought that's the perfect person. They will be the one who will have access to the club's Gmail account. They will be the one that is controlling the information on the website, the social media. So they'll have the up-to-date photos, the relevant information, blah, blah, blah. So first thing we said was we need to empower club communications officers to be able to set this up. Now, naturally, if they are setting it up, they're going 
going to have to set it up as a separate organization and then link it through to SIGBI. So whereas businesses would have multiple locations that drop off the main business, this is slightly different in that we had to set it up so that each one in essence was, was an individual business, but was then linking through to the same website. So that the Google algorithms eventually would recognize, and very, actually very quickly, not eventually, uh, would recognize that these are listings of SIGBI because they're connected through to the SIGBI website, but that they are individual entities. So then, as I say, you know, each communication officer could log in, they could update it, they could add photos, they could make sure it was relevant to their um, specific area. The second problem we then faced was, well, hang on a minute, most of these individual clubs, they meet at a, a restaurant, at a, at a pub, at a, some sort of, you know, community hall or whatever. Those places themselves will already have a business listing. So, for example, in Rossendale, we meet at a restaurant called Sykeside in Rottenstore. Sykeside obviously already has its own Google My Business. If we go on and we try and claim Sykesides as, as an address for, for, the, for SI Rossendale, Google's going to go, well, hang on a minute, you can't. You can't have that because somebody else already owns that. And this is actually a problem that quite a lot of businesses will encounter, particularly ones who are in shared offices. So Grow Traffic used to have a shared office. It was, a, a, we called it Bandicoot Towers. It was actually called Firm Bank in Burnley. If we'd, you know, Bandicoot, we called it Bandicoot Towers because Bandicoot, the business, runs out of there and they own the building. So if we had gone and said, well, Grow Traffic now wants to own the postcode for Firm Bank, we want to be registered there, Google's going to go, well, hang on, you can't because Bandicoot's registered there. They have that as their head office. So you can't have multiple businesses claiming the same address. So so what you have to do here is be very specific. So, for example, if you're in a multiple office, you would say, well, we are room 1A of this office or we are floor three or we are unit two, whatever it might be of this office. So Google can then re recognize it as a, a slightly different address. Uh, if you've got shared mailboxes as well, you would have to say, you know, mailbox number da, 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 in, in the shared office. Um, in the Seroptimist, it was slightly different, though, because whilst we meet at those places and we want those venues to be the kind of central place that the Sir Optimist Club is registered from, nobody lives there. But, you know, we don't want post going there. If somebody suddenly started ringing up Sykeside to speak to SI Rossendale, they wouldn't know, they wouldn't be able to put anybody through to someone. We don't want people emailing there with inquiries. We don't want post going there. So what we then had to figure out was how are we going to register all of these clubs at these different venues when actually they don't own them. We don't want to take it away from the original businesses um, and we want the, the contact details to be Asser Optimist. So what we decided to do there was find if, if you're going to if you were going to be a club that wanted to register your club on Google My Business, find a Seroptimist member, a member of that club that lives nearby. So who lives closest to that venue? And then we can use them and register it that way. The, the reason that this matters again, that again, sorry, the problem that we then encountered with that is that the individual Seroptimist will say, well, hang on, I don't want my personal address to be showing yeah, as, as the, that. yeah, they don't, mm. they, you know, I don't want Broadcliffe Farm to suddenly be, you know, the, the registered address of, of SI Rossendale. So fortunately, Google's thought of this. They've thought of this already. So what you can do in this, these circumstances is register an address as being, this is where I want the post to come to and this is where I actually live. 
but you can hide that from the front and you can say actually you can change the pin around when you're moving your location and putting your information in and you can say so SI Rossendale the pin goes here at Sykeside but we're not claiming Sykeside as our business we have this address as our business but actually that address is going to be hidden from general view so if I was coming on as a as a searcher doing a search on Google my business looking for for example women's organizations near me it would come up and say you know Sykeside the restaurant is where this club meets but you know there are different details. Google will know that there are different details to actually contact. And then you would put the, the centralized address, email address and phone number or whatever for the club itself. So there were ways around of doing that. I think and, that's so important. Like it is just so intuitive. It's so clever mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's really necessary, especially with more and more uh, shops, in particular e-commerce shops that, that only have a web presence, that are only operating online. Uh, or don't necessarily need or have a physical a physical office. Well, also, you know, the way that think about how many kind of pop up shops there are now. You mm. know, particularly shops will move around a location. We, we long gone are the days where a, a business will have the same premises for 40, 50 years. Nowadays, we will move around. So, as you say, with the grow traffic example, we have Broadclough Farm is our registered address. That is our home address. Uh, but we don't want that. I mean, that does show on our Google My Business at the moment. But at one point we had an office. We're in the process of buying another mm-hmm. office. That needs to be the place that we show. If somebody wants to contact Grow Traffic, they go to the office or they phone the office or whatever. Um, yeah. And, yes. and so and I think like it's really important that that every business has a, has a GMB or big places presence regardless of whether or not you have a physical uh, a physical office don't I don't want to give people the impression that if you meet physically or you do something physically or you're trying to direct somebody to you uh-huh. that that's the only time that you would have uh, have one of these have a GMB or a Bing presence because it's also when if somebody googles your business name it's adding a layer of legitimacy so absolutely like on the grow on the grow traffic one for example you google it you get pictures of us you get our phone numbers our contact you know uh, email addresses reviews from facebook and from from google and um, you know it all pulls through you can get links to our to our youtube channels and stuff and it just it just legitimizes your business so even if you're an etsy trader and you're never going to have a physical presence and you don't have a shop open in time. You will have an email address. You've got a link to an Etsy shop. You've got product pictures that you can put on there. Like it's so important for e-commerce as well uh-huh. that you put your products on, on, on these platforms. So don't just think, you know, it is just for people who where you're trying to get footfall. Absolutely. And the other thing is, so I, I'm the chair of the Bake Up Business Association, which is not as grand as it sounds. Um, but, you know, we are we are a, an organization that does not have a centralized base. At the moment, I am the chair, so I run it from my house. But again, I don't want my house to be associated with the, as, as the base of the Bake Up Business Association. Um, and yet we need to be, if somebody Googles the Bake Up Business Association, we need to show up as a legitimate organization because we are and we want new members and we're always on the lookout for that so again this is another example where I created a Google my business 
profile for it and I put my address because you need somewhere physical for the postcard to come Google has to actually acknowledge that you are a real life business so they will you cannot validate it without having that postcard come to your address so you need to put a physical address in so that the postcard has somewhere to come but I didn't want all and sundry coming to my house thinking I'm the BBA headquarters because next year I might not be the chair and then it won't be so yeah you you put that address in but then you can hide it from the front view so that you are just a, an organization that exists and you're real but you don't necessarily have a venue because we go around and we meet in different coffee shops in bake up and what have you so yeah whether you have physical premises or not it's really important that you have one yeah yeah okay cool so you had convinced all these colleagues to to put in their personal details to register then what happened well so just yeah just take it back one slight step this was this was the next uh, hurdle that we faced was um convincing um a lot of women most of the seroptimists are of an older demographic and i don't mean that in any kind of derogatory way but they are ladies in their 40s, 50s, 60s. Some of them were really concerned about that privacy issue. So first, the first hurdle was convincing them that their public details would not be visible on the front end. Uh, and that took quite a lot of convincing. And the next step then was just physically empowering and enabling them to do the actual uh, inputting. So we had to put on webinars. Um, I had to do a lot of answering emails and phone calls and kind of talking people through it. Um, but, but what we did was a, 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 a kind of 45 minute webinar recorded that put it on the website and it was literally just a step by step this is how you do it this is the information you're going to need this is how you do it um there were about this is how you do this it and um, there were about 60 women on that uh webinar and almost all of them went away and set up a google my business account and i had about 15 to 20 emails from from women saying that was really easy so that just really proves like this when I say it's intuitive and it's not difficult it really you know if a load of 60 year old women can have one webinar and go away and do it it was easy peasy and it is, there, super easy. It is like, absolutely everything that Google does is super easy yeah. um I think people just think mm, that's a developer's thing that's not for me and it's so not true it's in Google's best interests. You know, Google mm. needs this information there in order for it to run these services. It can't run maps efficiently or Google search efficiently if it doesn't have up-to-date information about your businesses. Um, and so absolutely, they make it as easy as possible. And really, if you are stuck, just go on YouTube and Google it because there will, uh, you know, search for it. There will absolutely be easy tutorial videos on YouTube that will talk you through it. Uh, we should probably make one, shouldn't we? We could make one. We, we can make one. One, yeah, we yeah. should definitely well, make one, or, or just you know, drop us an email info at growtraffic.co.uk. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, um, so go on, talk, carry on. Well, yeah, talk so that's so, yeah, that's I mean, that's that. So they, they set them up, um, they uh, I talked them through, you know, how this is how you add a photo. If you've got some videos, put some videos on there. This is the information you need to include. These are your keywords. These are your service areas because it's really important. We said before, um, make sure your keywords are in there, but also make sure your service areas are defined. So, for example, if you operate in Lancashire, don't just put Lancashire, put, uh, you know, Burnley, Preston, other Lancashire towns I can't think of <laughs> at the moment. Uh, you know, put the, put the specific townships that you that you operate in um and yeah as I said they did it they did it they did it really quickly and what happened then was um 
all of these clubs, the, the ones that did it, so as I say, you know, there's 260, we got about 60 people. So, you know, roughly speaking, a, a third-ish um, managed to set up one of these Google My Business cards. And the results I mean, of that... You think that a third of well, 260 no, is 60? Well, <laughs> roughly, I said, roughly, Jesus. You should Very know by real. now I am a, I am appalling <laughs> at maths. I cannot do maths. Uh, You're very some, good at lots of other things. Though. Some percentage of people <laughs> did it. <laughs> um, but it was really interesting, the result that we had. So as I say, a lot, a lot of women uh, kind of kept emailing me just, just with updates say you know we've had this many views and you know quite a lot of people have seen our photos and then what you can also do with this is track how many people are going through to look at your for example social media or your website the club pages of your website whatever it might be traffic went up massively traffic to the sigby website and to the club subdomains on the sigby website went up massively um, engagement on their social medias went up massively so we could see that people were searching for things because prior before talk, just going back to keywords sigby was only focusing on keywords such as seroptimist seroptimist international sigby which obviously you know somebody's going to have to have heard of the seroptimist in order to yeah, use that keyword literally no one knows what a nobody knows what a seroptimist is. is no absolutely not um and so what we wanted to do was start optimizing for things like women's organizations near me yeah. charities near me you know how can i meet women in my local area although that might get you into trouble <laughs> <laughs> Hot babes waiting yeah. for you now to do charitable work. Desperate housewives <laughs> near me. Um, but yeah, those those were the keywords we wanted to start optimizing for because that's what that's what I would search if I was looking to go and you know meet women in my area. I would search for you know women's women's club or women's group or whatever near me. Um, so, yeah, so that was we, we used. I, I was very specific, you know, use these types of keywords that, that people might search for on your profiles. Um, and let's use those keywords, obviously, on the website as well. Um, and as I say, you know, unique inquiries went up, engagement went up, web traffic went up. Um, and they were sending me the kind of screenshots, you know, every month, Google My Business will send you uh, an email to, or send it to the registered email address to say, you know, you've had this many people have viewed your website, this many people viewed your Google My Business profile, this many people clicked through, it's up whatever percentage on last month so that you get those stats straight away and they were sending them to me and so many clubs got more traffic um a handful of clubs actually got new members purely off the back of that so it genuinely does show you know people think this is a, a really small proportion and bear in mind that's the optimist that nobody knows about you know if you if this is a business especially if you operate in your local area if you're a plumber for example, and you're not on there, how many people each month are searching for plumber near me or plumber with space or, you know, emergency plumber available today? Um, you know, it's not an insignificant amount for the time it takes you to set this profile up and, and update it, which is, is, you know, it's going to take you no more than an hour to set it up, mm. 10 minutes a month to keep it updated. Um, and you get all of that additional traffic, uh, you know, and inquiries and phone calls and emails and what have you. It's, it's just absolutely proves that it's worth doing. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. OK, awesome. Is there anything else that you want to say about this? No, I don't think so. I, I think we fairly well covered it. I, I would just say, um, 
the other thing that we need to think about with with Google My Business that I think people worry about is that it, it is an official listing of your business. Um, and what is quite easy to do because people forget that they've set up an account or they don't know what the login details are. So they create another account and what have you. Um, it's quite easy to end up with duplicate um, yeah, listings. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And also, if you, you know, if you move premises, you know, we, I, I dealt with somebody last week who'd moved premises and they'd created a new listing for their new one rather than change the address on their old one. So they lost all of the reviews and all of the, you know, authority and what have you. Um, just think logically when you are updating or creating additional ones, do you actually need it? Is it the right way of going about it or, or should you do it a different way? So just, mm. just have a quick think or ask somebody, you know, ask us if, you, if you're not sure which is the best way. If you do make a mistake, Google are actually really very good at helping. The first, the, the helplines are all on there. Buttons, when you log in, it says, you know, do you need our help? Do you want to talk to a chatbot, whatever? You will have to deal with AI first. So you'll get through to a chatbot first of all, but very quickly you will get through to a human and they will help you. I was dealing with several duplicate accounts just the other week and um, within kind of two days they, they, they'd got back to me. They clarified which ones I wanted deleting and they sorted it out for me. And it was a really painless process. So whilst, whilst sorting out errors is easy, just think first, you know, am I creating a, an additional account or an additional listing because I genuinely need one? Or is there a better way of amending listings and, and accounts that I've already got? That's, mm. that's my final piece of advice. My final yeah. word, and I shall say no more on the subject. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Thanks very much for that, Rachel. So don't forget, go and check out the companion piece if you've not already listened to it. There is a blog on our website, growtraffic.co.uk, which also talks about kind of the top five tips and, and the importance of Google My Business and Bing Places for Business, if we haven't already hammered it home enough. Uh, you can get in touch with us on all the usual channels. You can come and follow us on social. We'll put all the links uh, in the episode description. And we'll see you next week when we're talking about email marketing, email newsletters. Is it dead or is it, you know, limping along with a, with a pulse? Or is it racing? Yeah, and Rachel's racing. very excited about emails, yes. uh, aren't we all? Everyone oh, yes. loves an email. Absolutely. Yeah, all right. So we're, we'll not wave. If you've watched the Facebook Live, we always finish it off with waving. But as this is a podcast now, it'll be pretty fucking pointless. No, so, I was just thinking we can put the video on YouTube as well. So wave. Even though I oh, look right, green. We'll put- <laughs> all right okay yeah we'll put the video on youtube and then you can watch me yawn my head off throughout it <laughs> not that she was boring but you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i yeah. believe you all right oh. thanks very much for joining us everybody thank you very much rachel and catch you on the flip side <laughs> thank you bye bye <laughs>